go bunkers They shot a video in the middle of Yonkers Real niggas, what's up? You know my pops is from Memphis I used to go out there every summer as a kid You know what I mean? Riding around listening to the OJs and shit <laughs> Only thing I asked Pools to do was loop the beat again Came back strong, strong. Adrian Peterson They wanted to smoke dust, so I bought them leaders Ain't see you at the crossroad, that's if we ever meet again School never lets out, lot of shit you'll never know Sitting on the mother load, these niggas is telling no mm -hmm. Fell back, I can't be around y'all haters uh -huh. Praying for my downfall, downfall prayers yeah. Then you wonder why I be around ball players why? Cause these niggas is doing the fed small favors Yeah, I survived in the trenches, uh, I reside where the strength is. Salute North Memphis. D block on these blocks. Ten pounds of mid green in my weed spot. I had a brick in the half in the fiat. Got on a seatbelt, watching for speed clocks. You see a roadblock, you know you got a detour. 35 in the drought for a kilo. I'm getting money on the east, shot to be more. Get these haters out my bridge so I can see more. Clearly. It's clearly niggas not the ones they say they use It's clearly they not about that life they say they live I ain't a trap rapper nigga, I spit real life I just be the case, I was facing 10 to life I'm a multi-millionaire, if I die tonight Five off the rap shit and one off the white <laughs> Me and Kiss did some epic shit Until you fuck niggas did some disrespectful shit What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Yo, they hollering CMG when they see them G's Cause they see them pounds and they see them keys And they see this ice and they see these V's But the shooters squeeze on S-I-T-E I used to dream of just having one key of the white uh -huh. Now I got a whole trailer, you can see him tonight yeah. If he tries something funny, I got two Glocks for him My man about to come home, I got a shoebox for him well, Youngin' told me he thuggin', I played some Tupac for him Then I gave him some work and got a new block for him Then they hate when you get it they say that you frontin', fuck niggas die slow, I don't owe nobody nothing. Few things that I love, that's my weapon and plugs Alone the graveyard shift, tears, sweat in the blood What? Me and Gotti on some hood shit Amigo just hit me, he said he got some good shit <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Two real niggas Omen Agency presents the Hip Hop Town Hall. Join Renee Gardner and myself, Fort Knox, the last Wednesday of the month to talk about the real issues in the hip hop community. From industry politics to business entrepreneurship to the state of hip hop, we talk about it all. Come down to the Omen Agency at 299 Peter Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30313 for the Hip Hop Town Hall. No, 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 no admission or RSVP necessary. For more information, visit omenagency.com.
portrayed in 2015 Once I finish this, witnesses will convey just what I mean Been feeling this way since I was 16 Came to my senses, you never liked this anyway Fuck your friendship, I meant it I'm African-American, I'm African, I'm black as the moon Heritage of a small village, part of my residence Came from the bottom of mankind My hair is nappy, my dick is big, my nose is round and wide You hate me, don't you? You hate my people, your plan is to terminate my culture You're fucking evil, I want you to recognize that I'm a proud monkey my perception, but can't take down from it. And this is more than confession. I mean, I might press the button just so you know my discretion. I'm caught in my feelings, I know that you feel it. You sabotage my community, making a killing. You made me a killer, emancipation of a real nigga. Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers Or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day Or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays Or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements Or watch BET cause urban support is important So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street When gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me Hypocrite Hey you know I done been a lot of places seeing a lot of things but for real, for real, I'm just trying to find it all. Hey, Cal, where she at? I'm just trying to find you. 
I love them girls from the 100 Radio, Atlanta. Ah! Uh, welcome, everybody, that's tuning in to K100 Radio. We really appreciate it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're live right now at the Over ABC for the Hip Hop Town Hall. It's going down. Renee Garner is getting ready to do her thing, and she's getting ready to introduce this thing. But I just want to let you guys know, if you want to listen to if you want to engage in this discussion, by all means, 347-934-0966. We'll be able to take your calls live on the air. Uh, the people will be here uh, to be able to hear them, and they'll be able to respond back. Uh, this is a Q&A form, a town hall form, and we're here to, t- to discuss. Uh, well, I matter of fact, let me stop. That's not my job. That's Renee's job. Take it away, Renee. Thank you, Wisdom. Ooh. Let me scoot my chair. My name is Renee Gardner. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, etc. at Renee the G. You can also find me here in Atlanta at the Omen Agency. At the Omen Agency. Am I saying it wrong, Shana? We're at the Omen Agency. <laughs> and our topic of the Hip Hop Town Hall this month, which we do once every month, the last week on a Wednesday, hosted by me and Fort Knox, who's uh, stuck in a blizzard. And uh, Shout this to Fort topic. Knox. Shout out to Port Knox. This topic for this month is, is black, is urban radio and black media in danger? Um, as we've, as some of you have gotten the letters and as you've seen, and of course with K100 also sharing how they feel on the topic and some of their insight into it. Um, it's no secret that there's a lot of changes not only going on in media, but specifically in the urban radio as well as in black media. Um, different cha- channels have been changing over when it comes to radio. We've lost a lot of different mag- magazines, publications, plus the rise of blogs. Um, and that also brings a lot of good and bad things, you know, and just also um, when it even comes to people's education and knowledge of digital media. So just with that being said, we felt like it was extremely important this year with a lot of things going on with the Grammys. Of course, everyone heading out to South by Southwest and a lot of other things going on with our digital media and just media in general that we wanted to bring some of our most loyal supporters of the Hip Hop Town Hall here to definitely talk about that. And, of course, that is our media. Um, 
lot of people that are in the building, especially K100, Money Team Mag. We've got DJ Brandon Dix of Heartland Hip Hop, amongst many of other things. Jerry from Why Because I Can, as well as Ray Daniels. And I'm sorry, I missed you guys. Hey, T. Peaches and Big G from Treasure Marketing. And you as well in the back. I'm Yannette from Instinct Radio. Well, nice to see you guys here. So pretty much we have them as well as a couple of our supporters here who have come out on time and ready to talk about some of the serious issues here with us and the listeners on K100 Live. So you guys, please feel free to call in with your comments and uh, just complaints, questions, etc. And now I'm just getting out of my job and I'm sure that's Blizzard's job over there. So. Well, the first thing I think, I think, I know normally you have like a set of questions, you know, and you have a set of questions that's lined up for everybody. So we can start with your questions or if, you know, about, first of all, I guess the number one question is, do people feel like is urban, is urban radio, is black media, urban radio, is it in danger? Like the initial question to the actual name of the event, is it in danger or is it really just going through a transformation? You know, is it, our times just changing? I guess it's the first question because the, that's the lead question of the night is, is it in danger? Do you feel like it's in danger? You know, if it is in danger, what is it in danger of? Is it in danger of being extinct? I don't think so. Not as long as we're here. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but the question, it would beg the question, what do you think is actually going on with, uh, with, 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 uh, black media, urban radio? Uh, do you think it's really in danger or is it just transforming? And please introduce yourself whenever you talk, please, and talk loud. What's up? It's your man, DJ Brandon Dix, Heartland Hip Hop in the building. I want to thank everybody for coming out in this weather. And I want to answer the question that we had. Uh, so I think black media, I had to think earlier today, yes, this is in danger. There's a lot of things that are in danger. Danger in black media, I put them in three categories. The dogma, the dogmatic, the non-promoters, and the agnostic. So I feel like those three things, and there's a lot of different things underneath those. So I think those are the three main threats to black media. And listen to thousands of other threats that we have. Yeah, so the dogmatic are the people that are stuck in their ways. The non-promoters are like the janky promoters and non-business people. And the as not, as, as not, the people that think it can't change are the doubters that think we're just going to be stuck the way it is. So those three types of people. So the doubters, you have the do- people that are stuck in dogma, the traditions, and you got people that aren't doing good business. And you can break down each topic in a lot of different ways. So if you have people that are stuck in dogma, you have people that every time a new black art form comes out, they don't want to promote it. There's 25 years of of rap music that's not being on the air right now. I think it's because a lot of people are just stuck in their ways. They don't want to pay attention to it. And I think, a lot, and also they don't want to pay attention to the new media that's coming out. So there's a lot of new artists that are getting promoted. Also, as far as like is the dogma, there's people that still believe in. They don't understand the payola, how payola, how payola works in in the industry. So that's one thing, the dogmatic. People are willing to change the ways. Then you got the non-promoters, the people that are doing business. So in order to start a good blog, you need to, you just can't, it's like we're trying to run a comedy, like a semi-pro. Who has all seen semi-pro in this room? Well, Will Ferrell. So that's how a lot of these bloggers are working. They're running the popcorn stand. They're play, They're coaching. They're on the team. They're trying to do marketing. And it's not good business. So what happens is that to have a good blog, you need you need staff. You need forty thousand dollars a year to hire a good writer, and you can't get good writing at five dollars a post. So that's what the non-promoters are doing. So they're not. And a lot of our big companies that can are just kind of treating people like interns. I've interned for a lot of different places that I feel like I wasn't appreciated by my own people. I feel like that is something. So then you got the then you got the ag, the people that doubt that's going to change 
It's been this way for a while, but things are going to get better. My mom used to say this. People are unhappy in thousands of different ways, but they're typically happily in one different way. If we get our business together, get people to quit doubting, and we get people to change and focus on what we can do to improve our lives, especially being a a black media person myself. Cool. I'm feeling that. My name is Odenero, uh, owner of Money Team Magazine. I think that is it is in danger, but it's still a lot of opportunity there for us, you know. Uh, before, it was just like the head. Like, back in the day, people weren't making blogs. It was no blogs. It was Jet Magazine. It was Double XL. It was the source. And that was the only source of uh, media for us as a people. So I feel like we are in danger, but we have a good opportunity to create more from what we have now. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody could start a blog and start writing about an artist that they like, you know, and then somebody could be aware of that and and take that on. So, I mean, I don't think I don't feel like that's a bad thing when some bloggers have to do it by themselves. I mean, everybody ain't. I started off by myself. I have a staff now, you know. But I started off myself writing everything by myself. Sasha, uh, this is my partner right here, Sasha Black Ruby. She started That's Her Magazine. She literally wrote a whole magazine by herself. I shot the photography, me and our other partner, but she wrote the whole magazine. So, I mean, it just comes to a point where everybody needs to stop. The, the danger is, is with, uh, to me personally in the industry, it's with the egos. And the egos come in is why we can't work together. So if you have your magazine and I have my magazine and you have this going on, we have that going on, when are we going to unite and make some shit that's going to pop? And that's where it comes in with the ego come in where, you know, you're like, oh, no, mine's more popping than yours. So I'm better than you. And even between us, even as partners, Money Team Magazine, she has that's her magazine. It even became a thing between us with that's her magazine and Money Team Magazine. So we had to come to an agreement and say, hey, man, let's do one thing. Let's make that one thing work first. Before we do a hundred things, you know, and that's, I think that's the danger when you want to put a hundred things on the list and not be good at one thing first. So that's all I got to say. And what's good? This is Jay White with WhyCauseIcan.com. The one thing I will say is that with, with black media, I do feel personally that it is in danger when it goes to how things are developed. Like you were saying with a lot of people, they expect what it's going to be is that's it and that's all it's going to be but the thing that i've noticed from that is that you're noticing that a lot of cultures is actually picking up on our stuff as well that we're not really putting in the forefront that we want to see and i've noticed like going to certain concerts and events that is a culture diversity that's happening in the music industry that a lot of people are not paying attention to where you do see that there are white crowds, there are black crowds, there are Hispanics, there are Indians that actually is loving hip hop and to try to break it down to them of this being just one culture, they cannot see that because they all feel the same way and they all grown up in the same like set. Um, I guess you could say um, same set of like where they live personally. So when you look at a lot of things from that matter, they not looking at it as just black culture. And those are the, some of the things that I'm just noticing a lot of other cultures are picking up on. And we're just expecting this just because this is what we're used to. But on the other end, you see a lot of other cultures starting to grow into it as well. 
So I feel that rather than just thinking of it as a black culture is that we have to start diversifying of what we think is going is supposed to be the norm and start expanding on what we really want to see more of. Hey, this is T. Peaches with Treasure Marketing, and uh, I just wanted to speak a little bit about the transition piece of it. Um, it's just, when I first started in entertainment, just media purchasing and media buying, it was really an opportunity for a lot of us to make money and be profitable, but because of the changes in digital marketing and information being so accessible, we find it hard. People want so many things for free and so many things for nothing, and especially in hip-hop, because I work with different genres of music. I work with rock. I work with heavy metal. I work with country artists. And the one thing that is different about independent hip-hop and hip-hop in general, we give away everything. We give away our music. We give away our advertisement. We give away our promotion. And that, you know, it takes away from us to be able to make a decent living. You know, we go to these events. We have high-quality photography. We have high-quality radio. We have high-quality distribution and circulations. But we find ourselves having to give, 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 give away the free, you know, put up Jig Mag and make it free. We have to go and, and post our pictures and, and, and you, we, we've done and, and harnessed our gifts and our talents and we have to give it away in order for us to even get to a place where people will take us seriously and that's not the case in other genres. I mean, I had to literally, uh, I was on a, a heavy metal conference call, I had to explain to them what a free mixtape was. You know, like, they don't do that. They know about compilation albums and compensation, but I really do feel like that is a really big danger for compensation and making an affordable, livable wage off our craft and what we do. Anybody had? Hi, everybody. My name is Stacia Black Ruby. Um, I do feel like um, it's in trouble. Um, I feel like majority of the hip hop that is being promoted now is detrimental to the youth and to the people. They're not promoting anything that is um, uplifting or motivational or that is um, gonna bring us up. Most of the things that are being promoted are not good. Um, but I do feel like we have the opportunity to make it better. I feel like it's going in a direction where we can put it in a direction where it can get better, but right now it's not in a state of prosperity. And that's my opinion. Were you about to say something? No, okay. So everyone pretty much in here, oh, right. Okay, my name is Ray Daniels. I, I'm currently on Foxy 105 FM in Columbus, Georgia. I own a 105 radio, online radio station. And I um, lend my services out to a few other radio stations. Uh, up and coming K100 will be one of them. But y'all don't shoot me what I'm about to say, okay? I I don't think black media is any type of trouble whatsoever. I mean, this this conversation to me is troublesome. Because just to have a room full of black people thinking that we're in trouble <laughs> is nonsense. Uh, all you have to do right now is just turn around, shake your hand. It's like almost like church. Like, who's new to the church today? Stand up, introduce yourself, see what you bring to the table. Because if we all walked out of here and we don't exchange phone numbers, that's where the trouble come in. The trouble come in with the negative thinking uh, even even the thought of thinking that we're in trouble. <laughs>
That's nonsense. Just alone in Atlanta, there's been a resurgence of 80s and 90s hip-hop. You got the brand new Boom radio station, the 102.9, owned by a black woman by the name of Kathy Hughes, by the way. So your your gender, it seems like we're making barriers for ourselves because a lot of us are afraid of success and we want to hang on to something to blame for our lack of success. Meaning that, you know, the free mixtape, I heard that, that, that whole thing is... is I, I, I never believed that the free mixtape from the beginning. I believe if you put your hard work into the studio time and took the time out to write a record, it should be for sale, even if it was one cent. Um, so that's where we fall short. We put ourselves in trouble by doing stuff like that. Why would you develop a budget to go into the studio, record a record, <clears throat> get a photo shoot, make mass production of CDs, to give it away to somebody. First of all, most people don't value anything that comes for free in the first place, especially our kind. The more money we pay for it, the more we value it. I got Gucci, I got Prada, I got my house is bigger than yours, my car is nicer than yours. That's just, sad as it is, that's just what it is. So what you have to do is like, if you don't own up to what we put in the air, you're going to have more Macklemore's you're going to have more Justin Bieber's who uh, will capitalize on what you put out there in the first place. They realize that the, the talent and the energy that you're putting out is uh, like the world stars and the, the Vlad TVs and all that stuff. It's, it, you have to be able to take that and make it work for you. Don't look at it like, oh, man, I'm never going to be on Vlad TV or world star because they want money. They should charge money for that because at the end of the day, that I'm sure they got a light bill. I'm sure they got to pay their um, the internet service. <laughs> so it's like you know, if you want to be in that, if you want to be in that field, you have to know what comes with that. It's just, you just it's just preparation for anything. So I think the whole topic is disturbing to begin with because you have K100 right here. They're broadcasting around the world right now. So anybody who want to get their record played or you want to get a point across, you can just reach out to Blizzard. I'm sure. He could work something out for you. I don't think he, what he charges, he charges barely minimum if, if he charges. So to make a long story short, and I, I'm talking a lot, <laughs> what I think is, like, what, like I think black media is on the rise. Like you got this young lady right here, she owns a magazine. He owns a magazine. He owns a radio station. So do I. We have this forum right here. What are you talking about? We're in trouble. Um, so, like, at the end of the day, and I heard you think about, you know, the messages that we're putting out there. We control the messages, but we don't control the messages. At the end of the day, there's program directors, there's music directors, there's A&Rs. That's what they, what sells is what they put in front of us. And then there's corporations and conglomerates behind all that. So they, they you know, they pr- they put that out there in the air because maybe they want to sell some sneakers. They want to sell some Subway sandwiches. It's, it's out there, but you got to keep in mind this is a business. If you want to be in this business, you got to keep in mind it is the business. Like a lot of good movies, I just watched this movie, um, the James Brown movie. If you if you look at the movie beyond what the his general biography is, his biopic was, you see a lot of what James Brown did for his success was going through the Chitlin circuit, going from radio station to radio station and making sure the DJs was playing. I mean, he took it upon himself to make his career, to make himself a successful 
black recording artist, and he had to take that in his own hand. He realized that, and he had a conversation with the actor who Dan Aykroyd was, which was his manager, is why do we have to go to the promoter? Why can't we just promote these shows ourselves? Why can't we just go to these radio stations ourselves and get the songs in rotation? So a lot of that stuff, people just don't get it. So it all comes with education. So, um, so, and what we tend to do as black people, once we get the education, we keep the we 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 tend to keep it to ourselves and don't want to share it in fear of that we're going to be less than or equal to the next person, which means we're not better. So, once we get over that thing, then that's when we we don't have to worry about having no conversations like this anymore. Right or wrong? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I definitely agree with some of the things he was saying, man. Like, it's a lot of opportunity, like I said. But with the, I wanted to comment on the CDs. You know, I, I'm behind the scenes with artists that been broken, and been broken through CDs. You know what I'm saying? So it's just about how you do the CDs. You got to have a budget. You got to have at least fifty thousand CDs. You have to flood the market with your CD if you're gonna do it. You can't just be an artist at your showcase giving out CDs. If you're gonna do the CD distribution thing and give it out to people, you're gonna have to flood the market because all corporations do this: give out free stuff. I see the Red Bull girls on the corner every day giving out Red Bull. I see the Monster girls everywhere giving out Monster. So that's all it is: is promotion. So what's the bait and switch in that? What, what, what do you? What do you? Why you think what, they do that? They do that to promote their brand, and the reason being, you have to have money for your marketing. That's just part of marketing. If you give, first of all, if you if you're a consumer, right, and you heard a person's CD before, you want to hear the music before you buy it, right? So if you're not a you're an artist, you don't know me. You know what I'm saying? I do music. And if I came to you with a CD and say, buy my CD, you might buy it because you mess with hip hop. But another consumer that has never heard me, they might not want to buy that CD. So you have to, you got to pretty much give them something, give them a taste of it. You know what I'm saying? Don't give away the whole CD. You know what I'm saying? I don't agree with giving away your whole album. But give away a couple songs to get people used to your voice, get used to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's nothing wrong with that because you have to give something away to get something. Let what about, a, what me, about a digital download card where they can actually go give them the card, let them go to your website so they can see the brand awareness, become a... Let me, let, me, let me interject real quick. Let me interject real quick. This is the thing about what you're saying. And I understand the mixtape game, and that's what it's all based on. It's, it's just a form. Now they've said it's just a part of the hustle. It's a part of the marketing. It's a part of what you do as media. But like you, you kind of answered your own question in, in a kind of backhanded way, kind of contradicted the, the, the theory behind it when you said that, no, you shouldn't give it all away. You shouldn't give a whole album away. But actually now, that's what mixtapes are. Mixtapes are literally not. They're not. They used to be you rapping on somebody else's beat just so you can display your skill and your flow. And it turned into you really going in recording a whole album and then telling the DJ talk on top of the album and then I'm going to give it away. You feel me? And then I'm going to pay the DJ to do that on top of that. You feel what I'm saying? So I would stop short of saying that particularly, and I don't want to get all, because this, this is about black media, not necessarily mixtapes, but I was just saying that I think the black media and, 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 and the, it's, a, it's all about value. It's all about devaluing your product. It's all about devaluing your culture and everything. You know what I'm saying? If we're in a culture that constantly gives away things for free, no one's going to want to pay for it. I don't care what anybody says. And that's where we're at now. That's why, besides, the, now you can say arguably, it has to do with quality also, because if you notice lately, some quality artists have came out and showed you people still buy music, i.e. Kendrick and J. Cole and people who are doing great numbers with great projects that they've had lately in hip hop. But ultimately, I think that 
what he's trying to say and I also to address you, Ray, and I'm going to give the floor back. I wouldn't necessarily say that this discussion is necessarily uh, detrimental or a bad thing because no, no, because obviously this we need some to enact some sort of change and no change ever comes about without discussion first and a meeting of the minds. So I wouldn't necessarily say that this kind of form or anything is necessarily a bad thing per se, but I still think that it's necessary. But to what he's saying about the about it's just about devaluing the music at the end of the day and then devaluing radio media this this platform you know devaluing studios everything you know it's all about keeping a level of value to black media and black culture and things that we produce you know what i'm saying so i think that's more about what he was addressing when it comes to giving away your stuff for free go ahead Can I? yeah because I really don't want to lose track onto this because honestly, like I said, we do a lot of platforms about artists. We can always come back and talk about artists again. We are talking about the media. Um, I'm glad for everybody to say that they felt like it was in danger. I'm also glad for Ray to come at the end and go completely opposite in the other direction. Now, I know you said a lot and they said a lot of things too, but the one thing that really caught on to me that everyone keeps talking about is information. Now I know that we tend to get caught because a lot of us, when we think hip hop, we think about the music, we think about how we're gonna market our music and et cetera, but the one thing that we don't realize is, yes, there are plenty of opportunities that we take advantage of, and a lot of the people who are more so artists and creatives do take advantage of that and do, like Jerry has also pointed out, try to reach out to other different genres and markets. But the one thing that I feel like we always forget about is the news and the information just about our people. Like, yes, of course, at some point you're like, oh man, this message wasn't good and they didn't put this out. But at the same time, there was like a thousand other news things that pretty much criminalized everybody and all the things that we do, you know, and make us look, our perception is totally not even what we want to convey because we don't own the sites. And then the sites that we do own are not necessarily out there to push that type of message. And I know that, of course, you can look at, I'm not sure if whether you want to look at the consumer on that or if you want to look at the producer, but, you know, which is one of my questions in there you could think about. But that's the one thing, like, you know, I just don't want to always get caught up on just the music of it. I mean, when we talk about media, and this goes back to what you were just saying with the CDs. In order for you to promote yourself as an artist, yes, you probably got to make sure at least 50,000 CDs touch whatever with the mix of marketing and et cetera, et cetera. But that's the same thing with your site. If 50,000 people knew that your site was there, your numbers would be crazy. They would at least know, and they'd know that what they can go there for, what they can get, et cetera, et cetera. Just like people go to CNN, just like people go to Fox, just like people go to World Star Hip Hop, Media Takeout, you know, and just as those people have played the game, the corporate game, in order to make a platform to get views, what platforms are have our best interests at heart, you know, who aren't just looking for the money or what's popular. You know, it's that's that's one of the things that, you know, I guess when I look at it and, you know, to actually propose the question, are we in danger? You know, how many of those publications that are coming up, you know, or that are still there? Like, there's a lot of black publications that are there and how many people can actually say that they support them? that they look at them, that they go to their sites, that you watch their interviews. I mean, we really can't. I mean, you could say, oh, I look at hip hop, I look at Hot 97 and Breakfast Club Newsflash, get what you're watching. There you go. So it's like, even with all that being said, you know, it's really, 
I guess even with us doing this, one of the questions, you know, and obviously the solutions, we have to start looking at our platforms. You know, yes, these are great platforms. You know, you have, it's the buying power. Like I really just think it's everything. It's your viewing power, your buying power, all of that stuff. If you're not paying attention and having these people responsible and saying, yo, right. Why aren't you talking about more news on your station? Yo, Blizzom, how come, can we talk about some health? Can we, can we get that going? Because honestly, I feel like I just want to know. And even from the people who aren't necessarily media people, what, what are some of the things that you look at? Do you guys look at any other independent sites or any black sites? And if you do, like, where do you get your important information, like your finances and your real estate and your health stuff, you know, is there, you know, and if also, if you can't find those on your sites, are there some tips or things that you would like these people who are media people to know that they should have on their sites? Cause really that's what this is for. We want solutions. We want to talk about these issues and questions, but we, in order for like, it can't just be one-sided. It can't be all the media people saying what they all do right. And all the readers saying that they do everything right. It's like, no, what do you, if you go to their site or something, what would you want to see that you don't usually see? You know, what are some things that you'd want them to talk about? I mean, I feel like none of this, none of the music sites talk about relationship issues or anything and everybody's got relationship issues maybe not y'all but everybody else you know it's like everybody has stuff going on so if anybody can add some insight or anything to any of the stuff that i just said i know i said a lot but anything it's t peaches with treasure marketing um the first thing i do when i look for when i look for information is I look for what's trending. I have a marketing firm. So I'm going to look at what's hot, what, you know, hashtags. And, and everybody always says, oh, I hashtag this, hashtag that. But the key to hashtagging, the whole reason why you hashtag is for analytics. And most of us are not using our analytics and our SEO optimization to really help our businesses and our industries to get people to come to your site. I mean, we can say all day, oh, come to my site and, you know, I have some really great, who gives a crap if you're not putting what you need to put out there to get the fish to come and, 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 and feed off of what you have out there. And that's what we don't do very well. I'm just going to say it very blunt. As black people, we just don't pay attention to what other people are using to get people to value what we have and to do what we need to do to make our site do what it needs to do to give information to people. Like I can say treasure marketing. If you go out and I, you, each one of you can go out and hashtag treasure marketing. Treasure MKTG. That hashtag is strong. And the reason that hashtag is strong for independent level is because we make sure we go out. We do the analytics. We go out, the ranking coach. We see where we are. And we push people. So when people Google or put, put marketing, especially in this area, you're going to see us pop up. Now, we're not at the front page right now because I do have a day job. I'm an educator by day. But it takes a lot of work to be on page two, three, or four. Now, we all know if you're not on page one, I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to page two. If I'm searching for a tire place, I'm not going to page two on Google. But if we don't put the time to invest in our own hashtags, people are not going to find us. So when you go out and you're looking at what's trending and when, I, when I'm looking at information, if I hashtag a certain title and you don't have that tag inside of what you're putting out there, say we're talking about 
Justin Bieber, or we're talking about the Grammys. If you're not hashtagging the Grammys along with your hashtag, then you're missing a big opportunity for people to come to your page. So you can't just disregard what's popular. That's why you see a lot of people that hashtag cute girls, puppies at night, uh, stars, and you're like, well, why are they hashtagging that? It has nothing to do with what's going on. Well, they're really smart because the optimization is is trending for that particular topic. In order to pull people to your side, you have to do that. So if you if I can just get on a platform, know two things. Know that optimization is the way to go in digital in digital media, digital marketing, and for information. If you're not optimizing on that, then you're losing. You can't win because we're in a digital world. I'm working on my doctorate. I don't want to read long articles. I'm sorry. I don't want to read long articles. So, and mo and really the generation that we're in, they don't want to read long stuff. So if you're out there writing a, a 800 page blog, you better make sure it's good because you're going to lose, you're, you're going to lose a lot of the audience that you're trying to reach that's in this new wave or this new era of technology. Now Twitter has got me very lazy. So when I go, I want to go to Twitter. I want to look at it real quick. I want to know what's going on. I want to move on. I'm going to tweet about it. I'm hashtagging. Blizzum, Blizzum, no, he can write some long articles. They're really good articles, but they're long articles. I usually go through Blizzum stuff. I read what's good. I'll pull it out and I'll comment on it because he has some really good stuff. Like I always look for Blizzum for information. And, but I don't read the whole thing, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so, you know, but Blizzum does a really good job of making sure that he stays current. How does he stay current? I bet you he's going out there looking at those trends. He's going out there making sure that optimization is there. And so, if I can, you know, just really impart anything on Every one of you, make sure that your hashtag is unique to you. If you hashtag baby Jesus, baby Jesus is not your hashtag. Make sure that your hashtag is unique and make sure that you are doing what you need to do to make sure that optimization is there with that. So that's how I look for information and content. I, I base it on trends. Back to you. I definitely am going to get back to you, but we actually have a call on the line. Yeah, so I want to make sure I, I, I want to make sure I get a chance for the people that's calling and is listening to other places uh, to get a chance. And, you know, this is the whole point of me doing this kind of format. Uh, so we're going to take a call from Jimmy. Jimmy is actually one of the people that's part of Curators of Hip Hop. I see another one of his other people over here in the, in the, in the building. Uh, so we got Jimmy on the line. Jimmy, what's up? My friend, this is a great conversation. Uh, thank you for calling in, brother. Uh, these guys, this, he's with Curators of Hip Hop, and these guys, uh, they have a, a, this Thursday, which is tomorrow, they have a, um, a movie screening for a movie, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you get the floor and talk about it too in a second. You know, I want to make sure because that's movies. All this stuff is all tied together. But I want to thank you guys for you guys. You know, from out of town, you're coming here just for your movie screening. And he told me that he was gonna call in because he thought it was a great discussion. So right now, the the basic question, uh, Jimmy, is you know, uh, what do you feel about? Uh, just really briefly, what do you feel about uh, black media right now? Uh, we already discussed already. Um, whether or not we think uh, it's in danger or whatnot or what have you. Uh, so we kind of already touched on that, but if you could briefly just say, what do you feel about the state of it real quick? And just, you know, since you're calling in uh, and you're in town, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like black media is, is still very important, especially um, the non-terrestrial radio, right? Because we have the free reign to do whatever we do. And I, me and my business partner who is there are graduates of Florida and m journalism department. So, we use what we learned in journalism school in order to get the medium out now uh, with Purity to Hip Hop. But I was just listening to a talk radio show in Baltimore last night. That's where I currently live. And the brother was saying that um, he just got freed from prison for 40 years, and it was because of the black media in North Carolina that made that happen, made the governor of North Carolina, the black governor, 
sign a pardon for them to be free. And if it wasn't for black media in North Carolina pushing that and, and keeping that to the forefront, then they would have still been in prison. So um, as, as long as people are still doing it uh, for the right reasons, it's very, very important because, as you know, in journalism, the tagline is um, the voice of the restless. So who's going to be our voice if we are not our voice? Thank you for the call, brother. Appreciate it. And we're going to make sure uh, your, uh, your other business partner have, get a chance to give the information about the movie screen and everything so everybody can know what's going on if they want to attend that, all right? I really appreciate you taking the time to call in. And keep listening, man, because it's a great discussion, all right? All right. All right thank you. Uh, all right. Back to you, Renee. All right. We're back. This is Soa with the Soa brand. I'm not in media, per se, and I'm not in music. Um, I'm a creative services agency, so I'm all about marketing. Uh, my background is in advertising. I went to UJ for advertising, digital media, PR. What I notice about a lot of black media specifically is there's a lot of content, so much content, quantity of content, there's not enough quality of content. I'm an avid reader. I'm reading about five different types of materials now, including Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Blink, uh, Gone Girl, and 48 Laws of Power, all at the same time. So when it comes to these media companies and these African-American media companies, they're writing a lot of things, but they don't understand what they're writing about, how they should write it, or how they should market it. And I think if our community is in danger of anything specifically in media, it's in danger of our own ignorance. We think we know everything, but we don't. We're very influential, but we don't know our power, and we don't know what to do to get our power back. And unfortunately, you know, we're so overwhelmed with being digital and being in a digital world that we forgot the things that got us to where we are now. Not a lot of black people are picking up books. Not a lot of black people are picking up magazines. Not a lot of black people are having conversations with the movers and shakers who were the originators of what they were doing, or they're not going to people who have paved the way for what they're doing. So I think a lot of these media companies, whether you're a magazine, a digital magazine, a media site, or a blog, go back to what we were doing before we became digital. Pick up a book, turn off the TV, talk to people who have been doing this for years upon years, who are now making millions of dollars off of their word and off of their opinions. That was awesome. And you know what? I was so going to come after you anyway, because I was going to ask your, uh, just because I know that you work with different media sites. So that was one of the things that I actually wanted you to say. So you just nailed that perfectly on the head. That was awesome. Um, and that's kind of what I was, like I said, there's a lot of things that we're talking about, but it's just the content that people actually really need. It's just really not there. Um, darn it, I totally lost what I was going to say after you said that, though. Um, you go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to come in with what she said because I was thinking the same thing. It's like we don't know where we came from, so how do we know where we're going? Like how many people in the room know the, the first black radio station? Anybody in this room know where the first black radio station started? Here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta. Right on Arburn Avenue, maybe a block away from my office. It's called Weird Radio. It's a lot of history right here in Atlanta. If you just walk around and get to know people and talk to people, everything in black media started here in Atlanta. The first black radio, the first black radio station, the first black movie theater, all of that started here. And so we have to get back to those roots and get with those people that are holding that torch still because they're, they're there. 
I'm having meetings with them every day. But they have nobody to pass the torch to. They looking at me to pass the torch to, but I'm like, damn, I can't do it by myself. But it's a lot of history in this city. And like she said, we have to go back to the history. How did we get this far? How did we get to a digital age? How did we get to this point? And where are we going from this point? And that's all I want to say, though. I actually, I, I mean, I'm gonna, while I pass the mic, thank you. You reminded me what I was going to say. Now, yes, I do feel like, and that was one of my points, was that there is a generational gap. Um, there's obviously, like I said, a lot of the people that are in this room, a lot of the people that Ray pointed out, he's the man of the house. You're next. Um, with that being said, it's, there are so many people in here, but a lot of us, us are all young and we're not the first people on the media, this, that, and the third. So in, from my own experience without sharing too much of my experience, um, it's not always easy working with people who, um, aren't in your generation, so therefore they might not see things your way. Or because you might be saying, hey, I know 50 people that do this here, and every week they go here, but they don't know those 50 people, so they're not going there. Why? Because they're going where people went five, ten years ago because that's where their people used to go, and that's what so-and-so, somebody says, yeah, yeah, we're still down there, we still hang. So it's even the same just with the new, you know, just with the news and stuff. I mean, so do you find, even with you working or anybody, you know, for that matter, working with these people and even trying to be out here, is it so, like, here's the torch, or is it really like, here, you can have the torch. Wait, wait, you can't have the torch. Wait, wait, can you have the, wait, wait, can you, can you really, de wait, wait, wait. Are you sure you know how to light this torch? Like, I feel like that's kind of the situation and what it is because this is my thing. If I see Jerry out here doing his thing, if I see Brandon out here doing his thing, if I see O out here doing his thing, and I know for a fact that I need a video person, I need a photo person, I need this person, then why are there so many of us out here in a lot of these not all of them, but a lot of these platforms are dying out. Like literally, a lot of these other platforms are losing their staff. They can't keep the staff. They're firing the staff. They don't know what to do. But somehow there's all these young people here that know exactly what to do and they're doing it and they're just building it to make it happen. So it's kind of like, how do we, how do we bridge that? You know, do you find that same thing or is that just an isolated incident? Uh, I do I do find that because the thing about it is it's a fear factor in there. The thing about it, these old heads, they fear us. They fear the way we dress. They fear the way we talk. They fear our music. They fear our message. So it's hard for them to say, here's the torch. When you got your pants hanging down, you smoking a blunt, and you got a chain on. You know what I'm saying? So it's a judge thing. They judge and they and they look for off appearance because back in their day, they everything was off appearance. They showed up with the suits and the and the and the zoo suit and looking good. You know what I'm saying? Now we show up with the chain on and we feel like we we looking good. You know what I'm saying? So it's a the gap there is really and it's a fear factor there. And I feel like we have to make them more comfortable with our you know the more we work with them, I think the more comfortable they come with you know what we have going on. Like I just did a show in the mix last Sunday. And a guy that I'm using his facility, he's an older guy. And he was scared to let me do In The Mixing. And you know, In The Mix is a positive show. But he was scared to let me do a show there. Like, he kept coming to me, like, every five minutes. Like, man, don't have people in the hallway. Don't have people outside. Don't Because they just think we're going to 
do some crimes. They just think, I mean, they look at me and they like, oh, he's a thug. He got dreads and he's going to shoot out the whole block. You know what I'm saying? So I think once we bring the fear level and give them a little trust and they can trust in us, I think it'll be more easier. But now they just look at us, what they see on the news, what they see in the media as drug dealers. We sell the cocoa. We do this. We do that. So that's all they know. So they don't know us as individuals and that I'm a compassionate person, that I have a daughter and I do other things besides that. They only see that the outside, you know? All right. My man in the back about to talk. Okay, thanks, thanks. <clears throat> um, my name is Jermaine Fletcher. I'm uh, also the co-founder of Curators of Hip Hop. Drove in town or flew in town. Um, we're on a tour right now called uh, Griots Unite. Griots being... Uh, taken from the West African term, a storyteller. And um, we have been traveling to various colleges, uh, institutions, festivals, showing our film and engaging in um, the hip hop community through education, events, films, and our media. Um, it's a good subject to have right now because we're going on our fifth year as an independent um, blog, so to speak. Um, but it's the feature film that we're showing tomorrow, which was our business card or sort of our entry into a world where it's been able to create a lot of other opportunities for us. Um, but the one thing I would say uh, that has been very key to our growth, even though we we realize as a very small company um, that we could do a lot more, is the consistency of the content itself and the quality of the content. Um, a lot of times... Um, you can, this can come from the artist's perspective or it can come from the perspective of a, a small business. A lot of times our, con our content can be highly conscious and, and um, it has a lot of value to us, but we, we can't keep up with the pace of it. So we started off as a weekly uh, blog. We would produce these five-minute features because um, we knew that we, they couldn't be too long, too short. We would produce these five-minute features exposing the world to uh, a new artist or a subject or something like that, representing all the elements of hip-hop. Um, eventually, we got very exhausted. We, we were a three-person team, and we were trying to keep up, and it was just very exhausting. And when we, and when we pulled back from that weekly output, we decided to produce a, a feature film, a film that we would enter into festivals that would um, eventually you know, be, create a lot more opportunities since we couldn't keep up with that weekly output, and that's kind of how we got here today. And I would just sort of say that um, I would love to go back to that weekly output again, but you just have to realize that um, it takes a consistency. Whatever pattern you can get into as an independent business person or blog or entity, that consistency is what allows you to gain that real respect um, and get that, get that attention. From an artist's perspective, I think it's the same thing. I think as an independent artist, you also have to be producing um, a constant volume of material. Um, in order to get, gain that attention, you know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes we deal with a market that is saturated, and really the only way to, to combat that is to be just as consistent on a smaller level. But you still have to match that same level of work ethic or whatnot and, um, and just be able to do more with less, basically, um, to be able to use whatever resources you have and, and do the most with that. Um, but independence, that's, that's something that we strive for. It's the theme of our film showing uh, tomorrow at the Plaza Theater at 7 p.m. And basically it's called The Story of Independence. And, you know, we follow the lives of five different artists in different parts of the world, and we're able to capture just how they are able to make it on their own to some degree because of so much of their independent efforts. And as a business, we try to also operate like that. Um, 
So, you know, Phil, if you have more questions throughout the night, we'll be able to, you know, exchange information. Um, but I would just definitely like to uh, have independence be on the on the minds of a lot of people in terms of how they're able to grow. Okay, real quick. Yeah, you clap. I saw something. Um, real quick question. Five years. Mind if I, like, ask, are you, are you monetizing your site? Or are you guys making money from your site? So... We- or from your brand, rather. From the brand, from the brand, yes. We're in it, and this is like very. This is the very beginning for us. Mm-hmm. So I told you this film I didn't mention is like it's four years in the making. It's three and a half years of filming, and it's about six months of editing. And we just started getting it on the um, festival circuit last year. Um, and mind you, like the the revenue is is literally just starting to come. We we have a proposal that we send out as a package, and we get we engage schools, and we'll say, hey, we'll come to your school. We'll uh, show the film. We'll host a hip-hop symposium. We'll do a community event. Um, we'll do a concert with some of the artists that's in the film. And what we create is like these two- to three-day summits at different campuses all throughout the United States. And I would say this is just as important when it comes to what's trending or whatnot. It's basically being able to live up to that reputation you've created as a brand and create a real lifelike movement. So we're not just online, but we're physically engaging with people um, on all levels. I mean, we're at college campuses. When we do our film screenings, we have people who are like nine years old there with their parents. We have people who are like 70 years old in there with walkers, and they're all like fully engaged. So I think this has also been a way for us to um, really bridge that gap in terms of that, you know what I'm saying, that conversation I was going on earlier is being able to create more and more public, um, you know, forms where everyone is welcome and everyone has a voice. But um, to just to answer your question, we're fi- it's been a lo- it's been it's taken all that time since to to now get into a point of um, of monetizing. So and any and then this is like for anybody else before you you know you guys can do it. But I guess show of hands, do you have to? Does anybody believe? I guess if you have a platform like that, that you have to expand outside of the digital in order to monetize it or make it work. Yes. I think oh, okay, that's okay. Then that was, that was definitely everybody. All right, then. I think that was kind of unanimous, wasn't it? Yeah, right. It was like for those couple like, hands. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I I, I want to just I I totally agree. With, I'm glad you asked that question, and just because he said that, um, I was doing online internet radio for a while, just just doing it online. But I didn't get to where I'm at until I started hitting the streets. I'm going to tell you right now, no one respected this platform until they started seeing me everywhere. When they started seeing me everywhere with banners posted up, broadcasting, doing this, like I could, I could, I could, I could, it's people who've never met me before in here right now probably. But I'm pretty sure they'll take this platform a little bit more serious seeing me do this than they would me hitting them on Facebook or me just walking up to them, even with my shirt on, all nice and crisp like I would is. That call-in was and official. it's nice, and it costs a lot of money. That don't mean nothing. They, they want to see, see results, and they want to see action. So I, I totally feel like that question right there, I can't see how anyone really is going to disagree. Don't get me wrong. There's some people spend money with entities that they've never physically seen all the time. But they, that's because they got to a certain point and you already believe it now. You know what I'm saying? But in order for them to get to that point where you're going to spend your money with them now, somebody else somewhere had to get them to that point. And that was when they was beating the streets. And you just see them now that they're big. And now you feel like, yeah, I'll break that bread with Worldstar or whatever. But believe me, before Worldstar got to be where it was at, somebody when Worldstar was out there at music festivals and stuff trying to build that goddamn brand up. Are you able to monetize K100? Yes. I'm, I'm just now to this, in the past six months, K100 is now to the point where I don't pay money to run K100 Radio. We do enough services and events 
to where it, it pays for itself. I'm not, I can't live off of it, goddamn. You know what I'm saying? But you I still, definitely can't pay my bills off of it, but it's to the point now over the past six months or so where almost to, a little over six months where the server fees, the, the, all that kind of stuff that I have to pay to keep this running, the banners you know what I'm cheap. saying? Everything, I don't pay that out of my own personal money. It comes from the money I've generated from going out. I would say, I would say most of us in here that are digital people, I know people got their own magazines and such, yeah. but most of us are running at a deficit, but I want to tell people it's okay. Like That's part of the product life cycle. Right. So at the beginning, you're going to have to spend more money. If you're making money and you're worried about making money in that first year, you're not really being farsighted. You're not being farsighted. You want to be um, long-term. You know. And also, how could... Cause, I, cause I want to address what he said about black me being not being in danger. If you haven't ran into a janky promoter, then if you ever ran into a janky promoter, somebody didn't cut you a check, you're a media person. That's a that's a danger to you. If you ever have somebody that's quiet for you at CBS, I worked for a CBS before, and I and there's nobody that look like me, and the people that look like me are quiet as hell. They don't speak up. They get they get um they don't hire people with names like Tisha or Unique at their station. You dig what I'm saying? Brandon. Yes. So I want to address. I want to address what he said, and I also want to say that hashtags. And I also want to say that yeah, we can, we can do as much as our hashtags SEO optimization. But anybody pay, pay attention, Google controls the algorithm. So as soon as you think you're getting one step up on fixing out the search engine optimization, they change the algorithm on you. So that's why you, if you think anybody pay attention, like me in my space, I'm a grad school dropout myself. Marketing, I dropped out of grad school. Yeah, I think everybody should just take that step sometime. Just go out and do it. You know what I'm saying? Drop out. It might be good for you. We are not endorsing the removal of education from your lives on K100. Or that's good. I shouldn't. That's look. Watch out. Hashtag grad school dropout. So, so as a grad school dropout, I can say you just got to be. There's a tech and there's a tech gap. You know, a lot of us don't know a lot of people that um we come. Being black in America has been. For the last four or five hundred years, it's it's been rough. Okay, we still we we have one twentieth of the wealth of white America, even though we spend money like we got Louis and everything on. We got one twentieth of the wealth in white America, but most black people can't even reach out to somebody to get a thousand dollars. If you're trying to get um trying to promote a website, it's very hard. Like my man said, it's very hard to get all that content up. You need to have a staff. You know, it's very hard, especially if you don't know any people in the the areas, right? So there, there are gaps. The black man in America is in danger. So how is black media in, is not in danger? Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's all connected. So um, I wanted to just touch on the idea of like the generation as well as it's all tied together. So basically um, another part of us being here. Uh, it really started with an um, institute of uh, black media professionals uh, called the Media Sales Institute. So myself, my partner Jimmy Thomas, and even um, a young lady who works at V103 were featured on there today. All of that really started from the Media Sales Institute, which was a week-long intensive media training telling us how to sell advertising, how to represent a brand. All this stuff happened, which took place at Florida A&M University. So on the positive side of what you can gain out of education, so many opportunities came out of our experience at HBCU, and we were able to tap into those. Um, because, of, because of the career I started there, I worked at ESPN, Bloomberg, CBS, ABC, and built up a lot of um, 
a lot of experience as well as uh, networks. And constantly throughout all these years that I told you we, I've been working this company, I've constantly been a, a freelance contractor for all of these companies combined. And you better believe I'm always pulling in the insight and their ways and their practices and trying to apply it to our own movement. And I think it's, um, that's also a very vital thing is to either have that in con inside connection yourself or to constantly be in contact with like-minded people who are also working at a, um, at these bigger companies to sort of see how things work, honestly, and apply it to whatever movement you have. Because even though you may be small, you still have to operate at a big level. So therefore, you want to sort of understand how they operate as well. Infiltrate and get all the information. Don't sell it because, you know, you sign it non-disclosure. Black, did you have something to say? Black Nicholson, everyone, owner of the Omen Agency. Yes, Black Nicholson, owner of the Omen Agency. Um, I think that was a brilliant point that you left off with, getting that information. Uh, we were privy to have some of our partners that worked in Turner, and we got a chance to study Turner's workflow. And believe it or not, even though Pro Tools 10 is available, they still operate off of Pro Tools 7. I'm going to go back to communicating in our people. It's called communications, right? You know what I'm saying? So this is a multi-billion dollar company, Ted Turner. He's lost billions, got them back. He's still operating off an old system. Why? Because he doesn't want to reinvent the wheel. He has a workflow in place. Okay? So I'm going to get back to why black media is in danger. Again, the media is controlled for a reason, and it's been controlled like since the Romans, trying to control the media and control people. Um, so as a people, we still have issues as a people that technology is kind of covering it up. I equate it to dirty clothes. Sometimes we wash our clothes and we don't fold them and we'll wash more clothes and pile them on top of each other. And that's what we have as a people. And until we start addressing real issues and learn how to communicate with each other, we're always going to have our media in danger. Now, I'm not saying uh, with the brother, I don't, I agree with a lot of your points, uh, the brother from uh, Foxy 105. Uh, but I do think that, um, there are things that, it, yeah, okay, we have a lot of independent and a lot of technology to get our word and our media out. But if you go back to Stalin, Stalin, even back in the 1920s, you know, he was head of the Soviet Army. He said that music undermined our community with dirty lyrics and sex and such and such. He realized the power of music and using it as a tool. And these powers that still hold the media realize it too. So, um... I, I believe in silent weapons. I don't know if anybody ever read uh, Behold of the Pale Horse about an ex-military agent. And he was talking about how they set up. There you go. He's talking about how they set up the media to put out certain messages and control our messages. What's going on with Bill Cosby? I'm going to just jump to that real quick. Bill Cosby was about to start an all-black positive network. Yes. And, and, and they really sincerely distracted us again with the power of the media. Yeah, give him the mic. Give him the mic. No, please, please. So please. I hate to interrupt Black Nixon because I respect the man so much. Business owner. Thank you, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Stable, lights on every time I come in here. So I very much respect him. But I feel like I want to just address the Hannibal Burris because I believe that fixing false narratives is very important in black communities. So we got to fix this false narrative that Bill Cosby is some, under some kind of assault by white media. Bill Cosby, Sinbad said to himself on The Breakfast Club, he didn't know about Bill Cosby raping nobody. And, and, but people were talking about in Hollywood, it was an unknown secret. I didn't know about Bill Cosby raping nobody until Hannibal Burr said it. I don't know who else, uh, if anybody can point their hand and raise their hand, 
that they knew Bill Cosby was raping somebody before Hannibal Burr said it, please tell me, and I'd like to know where you found it at. So that was very disappointing for me to see that, that Bill Cosby was out here like that. But we just got to, like, fix false narratives, you know? We don't want to spread. There's no – yes, they yes they would – some people would like to enjoy that, but that well, he's I, out I, there I, like I, that, that he's, that he's down bad. Some people enjoy that, right? Some people get off of black people being like that, but we just can't go rescue them to spite the people that like it. Well, I just always like to point to the uh, my, the powers that be again, and I, I'm, I'm I don't want to go on conspiracy theory, but we all know that America is very, very much in the practice of setting up their own. Okay, you know, uh, even down to the Black Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Malcolm X. Yeah, it looked like uh, one of us had killed Brother uh, Shabazz, but we know that there were some powers to beat it behind that, you know? So um, I'm going to go back to silent weapons again and rewarding ignorance, you know what I'm saying? Um, these labels and the type of music that they put out, I believe Africa Bambada had a forum where he was trying to start at least a balance between negative and positive music that was being played on the radio. It got struck down. Um, these these guys that constantly get get deals and go to jail as examples for our youth you know what i'm saying uh i'm not saying we're saying all that but i do think the ignorance is rewarded um so i think that what we have to do is start uh focusing on each other and get back to communicating so we can organize a better workflow get keep quality content you know what i'm saying not have a fear between generations of them having our pants sagging and their perception of us because guess what we have an office in germany and johannesburg and what the media puts out on us has changed from the perception of muddy waters and them really getting involved in our plight to we jacking off our our freedoms you know what i'm saying we're ignorant we're this we're that and i can go out here every day and i talk to brothers that dismiss all kind of myths like there are more brothers in jail than in college that's not true now that you might talk about graduates okay let's flip the script but that's not true so we you know like you said straighten out these myths uh mr dicks uh getting a better workflow and getting back to the basics like this young lady said um we communicated better with drums and slavery than we're doing now you understand so we got to get back to the basics um and and that's what i'm saying get back to the basics so, um, how you guys doing? I'm Sean G. Um, thank you to Renee for inviting me out. This is an epic event. Um, shout out to curators of hip hop. I am a networker in Atlanta, a direct marketer, just like this guy was saying about social media. Um, I'm the last of a dying breed. I haven't seen a flyer passed out in a while. So, you know, I'm, I actually did door to door sales. Like I can close anybody. I can close Jesus on like water. Um, so curators of hip hop, um, I'm gonna be speaking on that panel tomorrow. I'm about to make mine really quick. Um, before I get into it, I want to warn you, I'm about to play devil's advocate to answer this question about, you know, what's wrong with black media my sister is a pr she works for a journalist company i'm not going to say their name but they are black and um she told me this story one time she was like um you know you remember when the uh the two cops got shot in the car right um she covered that story and she's a she's a beast and uh she she said the crime was heinous it had nothing to do with the revolution going on it is a distraction you know what they told her pull that you're not about to post that. We're not going to call our black people heinous. We're not. We're not. She's told me multiple occasions where they've done this. And what I call this is the exact opposite of white supremacy. It's called black supremacy, people. And that is a problem with black media. Because if we do exactly what they did to us, we are not ending this battle. We're just keeping it going. Until we step up the bar and say, you know, my people aren't better than you. We're different. 
than you because we went through so much. When we start saying these are our qualities that we love as a people and stop trying to pull someone down or, you know, attack them for attacking us, we're no different. And I'm not down for that movement. I'm just be real. I'm here for, you know, one love, one globe. And that's what I think God put us here for. That's the only reason I think he would put us through so much is because we have the power to make an impact in any community he puts us in. But if we take and inherit that racism and just send it right back, we're going straight down the rabbit hole, guys. Just being honest. I got a couple of calls. I got a, uh, I want to take a couple of calls real quick because we got people that's on the phone. So I want to make sure they get a chance to speak because uh, that's part of this whole deal. Uh, real quick. Uh, let's see. We've got Fred. Fred on the line. Fred, yeah. uh, welcome to K One Radio in the Hip Hop Town Hall. Yeah. What would you like to say? Go ahead. Man, what's up, man? I've been listening. To, I've been listening to the discussion, man. Y'all bring up some uh, cool topics. You know, I'm a struggling artist, man. I'm from uh, California. I'm from the Bay Area. You know, I've been trying to uh, monetize my videos on YouTube. I've been trying to get like a uh, Google Sense to prove it. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard. It's hard for artists, but I've been in the field. You feel me with CDs. You know what I'm saying? I'm on YouTube and everything. You know what I'm saying? I did shows and everything. I done paid to do shows. You know what I'm saying? It still ain't got no revenue back. You know what I'm saying? But independently, I probably got, I, uh, I average like over 30,000, 40,000 uh, views on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? But still no main time press or no, you know what I'm saying, no real ear for my music or, you know what I'm saying, for talent. And I think I'm, you know what I'm saying, is being drowned out with a lot of what's going on. All right. Go ahead. Uh, anybody want to address? Well, I'll, b- before I give the mic over, I'm going to take uh, I- I'll just say that as an independent artist, you're really just starting because just 30,000 views on YouTube is just that's that's cool. But as far as media and what we do, I can speak up for radio. 30,000 YouTubes have nothing to do with your radio budget. You know what I'm saying? You still got to have that radio budget. And if you want to break into uh, FM radio, is that, if, that's what, if that's your goal as an artist to just be the next quote-unquote rap star or whatever have you, uh, you're going to need you know, a lot more than just some YouTube views to uh, actually make that work. Not trying to discredit anything that you've done, uh, which is great work. It's a great accomplishment. But when we're talking about black media, you still got to – if you want to attack what we do, because we've got – print magazine in here, marketing, radio, internet radio, FM radio, and I don't think too many of us do, I, I do some stuff for free, but not everything, you know what I'm saying, you still got to have, in order to get to that next level, you still got to have a, a budget to get your marketing up to where you want to deal with treasure marketing, or if you want interviews over here, or if you want to get somebody from Curators of Hip Hop to follow you around for three years and film your life, you know what I'm saying, these things cost money, you know what I'm saying, uh, so I think that you're on the right path, and you're, you, sing, you sound like you know, you're really hungry and you're grinding, but as far as it goes with media and for this particular discussion, you have to you have to use media outlets and use some of your black owned media outlets. I applaud you because you're using one right now by calling in the K1's radio and listening to this. So you're actually on the right path. So I want to make sure I give you the. Uh... Yay for that. You know what I'm saying? Stop myself and make sure I congratulate the brother for actually calling into this broadcast and doing that. But at the same time, uh, as it pertains to this particular discussion, uh, homie, still, you've got to make sure you attack uh, everywhere, not just YouTube, because it's bigger than YouTube. And you're going to need bloggers talking about you, and you're going to need a couple of magazine write-ups, and you're going to need some internet radio play, then a budget to attack FM. You know, it's, it's a lot more to it, you know what I'm saying? So then just, you know, getting a couple of views on YouTube or just, even if you pay, and if you you said you're paying for shows, paying to perform, you know, that's cool, but make sure you're doing doing paying for the right particular thing when you do that. I don't knock that because there's good and bad things that can come out of it, but make sure you're 
paying the right kind of people or setting yourself up to pay your money into the right situation. Um, I'll go back to the floor. Okay. Um, another thing that I was going to say, when it goes to media, a lot of things that people don't think about, other than like the black media, when it goes to like platforms and things to that matter, one of the most popular media things that people try to target, every race tries to target now, is black Twitter. Like, that is actually came a term. Think of that. Black Twitter has actually came a term. That's why when like Wendy Williams, people was looking at Wendy Williams like, man, she lost. Why she do that? I was like, she won. Like when she made a statement of a two sentence statement that basically stated, you watched it. I got paid for advertisement. No matter what y'all say, it was the second highest show of Aaliyah's biopic. And from that, I won. She was telling the truth because that's all they wanted was the controversy around it. The thing is, is that we put more attention into the situations that we hate than the things that we love. And from that, we end up advertising the things that we hate more to the point we get more we hate. So what is like that is the only thing that doesn't make sense to me. And I'm going to be honest, when it goes to media itself, that is the reason why media actually advertises and sends you the information that you want. I even did a certain situation where I was kind of doing posts and I just wanted to see how it worked. And I was um, taking stories and basically putting positive news in the front and then state the situation. Got barely a little bit of stuff. Some people looked at it, was interested. It did bring those in. But then on the other end, if I wrote about Chris Brown having problems and got a shootout at, at, at his concert, guess what? That mess was trending. So you just looked at it and you're just like, so y'all don't want Chris Brown to get arrested. You don't want to have to have any problems. But you got to think about there's other people behind people that if that's what's getting the interest in getting people interested in what he's doing, they just might have some altercations where he had nothing to do with the thing that went on. But how hard is it to find somebody who's in California to be like, hey, just shoot two shots in the air? Nobody got hit at the concert. It was just two shots. So you look at those things, and that's what people don't understand is that a lot of times our voice is stronger than even our own media platforms because if that's the thing that people come interested in, it comes like a virus, where if you tell your homeboy, like, hey, like, I don't even want to get, like, too. But if you tell your homeboy, like, hey, he got a, exactly, Amber Rose twerking on Instagram. They're going to be like, Amber Rose twerking on Instagram. Hey, I just saw Amber Rose twerking. It just keeps spreading. And that is the information that we actually notice is getting more publicity rather than the good information that we actually are putting out. Another thing that I was going to say, uh, coming back to looks and views, one thing that I have noticed about when it goes to the older crowd, the older crowd is looking for the younger generation who they can hand that torch to. And as certain people I've seen like hit the streets, you start noticing other people coming behind them and actually trying to give them that torch. And also it comes to how they look and they kind of look at it. And I'm going to be straight up honest how I'll be honest with me being in media I started changing the way I dressed to certain events, and I kid you not, I would not know nobody there, and I could walk into situations with no problem with being groomed, having my shirt tucked, having a button-up shirt, and having nice pants, not even like, like dress pants, but just nice pants, and walking in, or they'll be like, who are you? And I'll be like, well, I'm such and such, this, they'll just kind of look at me and be like, okay, and they'll let me through. And I've just been like, okay, just keep it moving. And I've been able to build my notoriety from that. And 
the one thing that I know that an older generation does know when it comes to like business is that you're going to have to look a different way when you sit in that meeting. And even though an artist who may wear gold chains have, let's say, even dress. I had dress for seven years, so I understand. Like, having the dreads, gold chains, baggy pants, all of this. And the thing that they look at that artist, that is not the person they're doing business with for the simple fact that is a, no offense to any artist in here, but that is a cereal box. That is all that person is because they're the advertisement piece that is about to be sold. So they have no concerns of what he looks like because they need him to push something else. But on the other end, when it comes to the person that they're doing business with, they want to see a businessman. And that is what I've come to see with a lot of the older crowd that now when I started kind of changing my identity, having some situations in the past, ended up cutting my hair, things that matter, everything changed because now... I fit the demograph of what I guess you could say everybody looks as a business person. I will be honest. The one thing that I'll tell you that I most times do not um, trust more than anybody is a person who is in a suit for the simple fact everybody who wears a suit is covering something. Mm. So That was great. Um, okay. Um, well, I was going to say. Um, it doesn't matter where it always fits in. So a little bit about my background is I actually have a business. It's not um, music related, but I have worked in marketing. And before that, I uh, did PhD, PhD level research in African-American culture. And first to your comment about dressing certain ways. Excuse me, a little louder, put the mic up so um, we can hear us on the Internet. Dressing yeah. certain ways in certain environments, that's just business one-on-one. Um, you know, I can dress and I like to go into different environments and I dress however I need to dress in order to conduct my business because the purpose of business is to do what? Make money, right? Um, the same, I agree with you about what you said about artists and having represented an artist, I agree with you, an artist is a product. I know some of the artists in here probably don't like that I said that, but that's what you are. You're a product that's being marketed. And your purpose is to make money for your investors, whoever those people are. Uh, I will say about whether black media is in um, danger. I think the question starts first, like what is the purpose of black media? Why did it start? And so, you know, when you talk about generational dif differences, you have to think, why did some of these, where are these older people coming from? Well, their media outlet started because they literally had no choice but to have their media outlets because of segregation. Um, so the, the audiences that they're thinking about serving may be different audiences. So that's number one. Number two, if you go even further back in history and you think about when um, black uh, entertainment reached different audiences, what were these forms of entertainment? Well, I can tell you in the 19th century, the number one form of entertainment in the United States were slave narratives. Number one bestsellers. The second bestseller were um, uh, like novels written by women. The best slave narratives were ones that depicted female slaves who were beaten, which has been connected to erotic novels. So that should tell you something. Fifty Shades 20, of Grey? 20th century, 20th century, the highest form of... Um, Entertainment came from what? Minstrel shows. 
right? And the, the products that were sold were menstrual-related products. So we're talking about coons, mammies, bucks. So you have to think about what people wanted. So then you have the Civil Rights Movement came along, and black people could control their images for the first time, but it was limited. Why? Because we only had print. So now we have technology that's occurred. And I don't know so much if black media is in danger, or is it that black people have a lot of changes occurring. Number one, we have um, the most freedom that we ever had. We have most economic power than we ever had, even though, yes, it's not as high as other groups in this country. It is still the most economic power that we've ever had. We have the ability to control our image. And I would like to know, K100, where most of your listeners are coming from. Because I'm going to take a guess that they're probably in other countries. Uh, well, okay. i got to be honest. I, all right, check this out. So what, what, is, what is not, what, I'll tell, tell you what is not. What is definitely not is in the area where I live in. You know what right. I'm saying? My lowest numbers come from Atlanta, Georgia, and this is what we're based at. You know what I'm saying? And these are the people that see me physically out. But I get more support from people who've never met me. That's why I was kind of contradicting what I said earlier. Because it did, it because I say you need to be out and to to validate your platform, and it did, but it only did that for the music industry. As far as the consumer is concerned, I definitely get more people listening to this broadcast, supporting it from other places. You know what I'm saying? And now I don't know what that necessarily means, as, as as opposed to your point. I think it has to do a lot with when it comes to the music platform, what we play, because we don't play a lot of. We don't play just club traps kind of sort of music. And a lot of people in this particular era, area, that's what they like to hear a lot of. You know what I'm saying? But we diversify the playlist so much that I think it attracts people from everywhere else, especially Europe, because we play a lot of hip-hop, hip-hop. Right. And so those people tend to tune in a lot. If we look, you know, we've got people listening in over 160 countries when I looked at my last survey report. Right. So, yeah, so people all They're over from do. From other countries. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah we, so the yes, why. Yes, but I think it's because I don't know if that's because of what we do. Sorry. Someone's actually trying to call the studio for one. But sorry about that. But what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at, is that we have a broader platform. So I, I think, even though I personally don't personally like to consume certain things like all the world, you know, star, you know, hip hop, but that's a market. If you make the choice that you want to service that industry, I'm kind of a free market person. So I would say, yeah, it's a market there. You can make money for it. You have the choice. You have to live with the ethical consequences of that. I personally don't agree with that. I, I think that you should hold yourself to a higher standard, and you should have a higher standard for the, com for the community that you come from. But I still believe that you'll always have a market. So I think it's just a change. It's just a transformation. So the older generation is struggling with that. That's new to them. But there's still danger to black media. We just have more freedom to control our image. You think about like Clutch Magazine, The Root, Grio. Who are they servicing? Who, who, you know, what are some of the other ones that you're talking about black Twitter? Well, there's a reason why there's black Twitter. Because that's a whole market. If I want if I'm a, if I'm a majority company and I want to reach an urban black audience, I would say, yeah, I want to go to black Twitter. I want to get my sales up. I want to increase my revenue this month by at least 1%. I know if I can get black Twitter, I can do that. Excuse me. Uh, my name is Kitu. I'm born and raised in Atlanta. I'm an artist in Atlanta. And uh, I've, I've come to the full understanding 
of what's, what's going on. Because a lot of times we approach it from a symptom approach as opposed to a problematic approach. We have a full room of aware people, fully aware, and that's the best starting place. That's our best. But our thing is, we as black people don't have anything that's ours. 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 You know? We got all the right minds and we got the right spirits in the same room at the same time about the right thing. And the first thing we have to do is become unified in our goals, unified in our uh, community of approach, you know, because we do need quality. We have to have quality. I'm an artist and we speak about like uh, being, you know, just being responsible for your art. Not necessarily true. Because somebody could paint a painter and then I, if I paint a painting about <clears throat> someone being raped, I might not be a rapist. Maybe that's just art. If I made a sculpture of somebody being murdered, I may not be a murderer. That'd be art. But it's only us, again, which is a controlling factor by design, that our music either gets us indicted. Like, I, like if, if I sell drugs, I have to tell you about me selling drugs. Or you think I'm a liar? We know Rick Ross don't sell drugs but we still buy it. When I say we, it's just the, the common we, but not, I mean, for, for my personal life, because I'm an all-genre artist. I like everything from 1850 all the way up to now, from Mozart to Play of Fly to Negro Spirituals with Paul Robeson. I rap. I rap rap. I rap rap. I trap rap. But I take elements of time and I sprinkle them aside of so the music is timeless because we come from feelings. So when we talk about this community that we're in, we need to unify. Tune in, with, like what you're saying, information. It's not a generational gap. It's an informational gap. Because I got a mama and a daddy. My daddy's 70, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm 27. And he, it's, it's no gap with him. He was cool when he was younger. So he understands younger people being cool and being in their own little bags. So it's, he's not far removed from it. But then you have these people that are. So we have a responsibility. If we're going to be the messengers, if we're the outlet to unify ourselves, see what you're doing right, see what you're doing right, implement that into this, and all the way around this, and we should all be in each other's pots and each other's bags and stay in constant communication with each other because that's what makes our, 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 our bond and our, our starting point for these, these seeds that we're planting strong. And that's what makes the soil fertile because you just can't plant the seeds in dirt. You have to go till the dirt. You have to fertilize the dirt. And that comes way before planting the seeds. Is when you plant the seeds, it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to be six months. You still got to harvest it and bust it down and then have enough of it before next year comes around. I'm the product you speak of. I know how to make any type of music at any given moment, point blank and period. I am accountable of what I say because at some point when I started talking about what we need to be talked about on a form that needs to be respected, I don't want you to think I'm lying. Because when you think about, think about all the songs that we used to like, the love based, whether it's I, I was hurt, I, love don't die. Well, love ain't the only emotion that we got, but we all got emotions. It ain't but one race, the human race. We as a community are the only ones in this country that don't have communities. I'm from Atlanta. I was here when the projects were torn down. They didn't. They wasn't doing us a favor. They displaced our communities. 
all these rappers. I got homeboys, two homeboys with Grammys. I got two or three other homeboys that make a twenty, thirty thousand a show. But I ride all the way through the West End, through the East Point, and all these houses are dilapidated. You know what I'm saying? All this property that's that's really, really cheap to buy. Nobody chooses to invest in where they come from. I'm a, I'm the product. Why I go so hard? Because one, I want to take my money and invest in people. My money ain't for. See, I don't look at money. See, God gave us time. He gave us lifetime. Ain't no such thing as tomorrow. Ain't no two years from now. Ain't no. It's right now. He gave us a gift that's called the present for us to create. It's the present, right now. You know what's going on. You know what the ills. You know how we being played. The old, the only thing we got to change is how we view it. Because we can't keep operating under the old rules. In the Bible, a woman could be stoned for adultery. Three, four hundred years ago, you could sell a baby, his whole family, in front of the public. Slavery was legal, but we don't operate on these rules anymore. You can't apply these to our future rules because that, those old rules, that's not even ours. So what we do is we make everybody inclusive. It doesn't matter. Ain't no all these splits, ageism, racism, uh, genderism. Uh, ain't nobody no better than nobody. We all come from the same cloud. We all come from the same course, same force. You know what I'm saying? So all we need to do is stay doing what we're doing on a consistent basis. Fill this void. Let's let's start being responsible for our quality, just like you said. But at the same time, understand that if we don't have this money to invest, just just our politicians. We hate the laws. We need, we ain't we ain't got no we ain't, we ain't write no checks for somebody to be in there speaking on our behalf. You know what I'm saying? We got to take our money, take everything we're doing, progressive, put it together, stay together, keep unity in community. And, you know, ain't nobody, I'm not worried about terror. We're not tearing, we done tore, tore, tore everything down. So we ain't got no, nothing but to do is go up. So stay down. <laughs> Good stuff. I have a question. I have a, I have a, I have a blanket media question about the black media that I think I want to make sure we get a chance to uh, ask the people. When you say black media, when you say black media, Actually, what, what, what comes to, to, what comes to mind? And it's two, it's a, it's a two part question. When you say black media, are you considering to you, to, if you're not in media, or do you call a blogger media or, you, or is he just a, a blogger, somebody who's just talking on the internet? Someone is, not in media. Raise your hand. Right. So when, when I, when, when, I don't know if you count either. Yeah. Somebody not in media, raise your Someone hand. Someone not in media, like when, when I, when, when the term black, because this is what the show is about. When I'm saying black media, like literally, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it BET? Is it is it is it 107.9? Is it K100? What are that? And also, there's a, a, a stigma across the board with black people as far as customer service goes. I know you a lot of people feel like black folks got bad customer service. They don't they don't visit black businesses because they got bad customer service, whatever. So I I hear a lot of people say I don't deal with I don't deal with such and such radio because you know. You know, uh, so, well, this is my show. I can say what I want to say. It's internet. Niggas, niggas be, be, be faking. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, niggas really ain't, ain't really doing what they say they're going to do on the internet radio. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't deal with black, uh, marketing companies because they talk about some hashtag, man. Them niggas ain't really hashtagging. You ain't really trending. They just popping because it's a stigma that goes along with us being black as having poor customer service because we're a business. And I think that we're also fighting the fact that we're black and we're in this, but we're also fighting the stigma with our own people 
that we do bad business because we black. So I want to make sure that I, it's kind of a two part question, but for the, for the people who don't even, who are not in media, when I say black media, what is that? And then do you feel like you want to deal with black media because it's black owned because we have such a bad stigma of customer service or we don't do business right? Go ahead. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think black media, it kind of breaks down to two things. Like when I see a black face, I say, I say that's black media if I see a black face, but also I also know the business behind it. So the, it might be another person or another race that owns the business behind the black people I see talking. So it's two different things. Like you, you, you own yours, but the people talking on BET don't own that. It's, it's a white company that owns that, or the people that own the company are, are you know, white, the, you know, the board members. So it's two different things. So just black media is I see black people, black faces. You know, um, what was the second question? Do, do you the, the the stigma of of deal like like would you not would you not listen to K one's radio if you if, not because you feel like it's some some, some not because it's internet radio but because it's a black person that owns it or whatever I, I meet people all the time who say they don't deal with black folks and black businesses because it's a problem with customer service or it's never it's poor quality a lot now necessarily and that, and that just translate to all businesses it could be a restaurant a store city whatever you know what I'm saying it's just something that's over all of us because and it's not white people that say it it's other black people that say it all the time you know what I'm saying so I, I, what do you think about that i mean i don't have that stigma i just uh i believe business is business i'm a black businessman myself and i own my own company so i can't look at black business like that you feel me so um i, I will do business with black entrepreneurs and i will continue to do it if you are a bad black business person i'll never do business with you and that's how it is you know no i didn't it was just touching my soul tracy you're gonna you're gonna get this though let me get that let me get that because i had somebody over here she's gonna go next you ain't speak at all, so you can get that right afterwards. But I just wanted to say this. <laughs> I know it's so, it's halfway off topic, but it's not. Because y'all know I love everybody and such. And I'm not going to say any names, but there are some local nearby businesses that I have walked into. And I will be honest, it is not, I did not, not want to go there because of the service. I'm just trying to be cheap. So when I do decide that I'm going to go somewhere and spend my money, and the fact of the matter is if I walk into, let's say, a restaurant and I don't get greeted, and then when you're standing behind the thing on the cell phone and then you tell me that a girl over there that's hollering at four guys that are not ordering anything is going to take my order and it takes her 10 minutes to come talk to me to tell me, hold on, that somebody else is going to get it, and it only takes a half an hour for me to get six wings... And then I'm go outside to wait for it, and I'm talking to the chef. <laughs> so even with I, and I get that. So yes, of course, I have nice seeing your face, and it's like, man, you know, we like, why do we get this stigma? It's like, why do we do this? Why do we get this? But in reality, in people, in a lot of service environments. I feel like a lot of people, and this is not, this is a cross culture thing, are, feel entitled to have a job and to just get money and to just get a check. So a lot of times, even when we have these businesses, a lot of people feel like I stepped out the door today. You owe me money. It might not have been what you expected it to be. It might not be what you wanted it to be. And I don't want to say that that's necessarily a consumer thing. If I go into a business and I expect something, like if I, let's just say I expected my song to be on K100 and I expected a thousand people to go listen to it and I expected a hundred people 
people to buy my CD and then now I come back to you and that didn't happen, what do I say? I never guaranteed that shit. That's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just my personal, you know. Now, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if you pay me and I say, look, we're going to do a live interview with you, or, or yeah, it's pay me and I'm going to come out to your event and we're going to broadcast it and people all over the world have access to it, then that's going to go down. And that's why I get paid for what I do. You know what I'm saying? So, so I really, so I did want to share my yeah. like real experience because that's like a real life. It's like those are like things like every, when you walk into a restaurant or something, that's what you expect. But then we are in these service type positions and these things where it's like you can get a haircut from a dude and he mess your whole lineup. You still got to pay him for that, right? No? Jay Harris, where you at? No? Not true? Oh, okay. I was messing. But, you know, but even still, just with that being said, you know, also in the same, I know we forget. It's kind of like there are things that when we make our businesses and have these independent businesses and stuff, I think a lot of times we don't have our own rules, our own system in place. So it's easy for people to misconstrue what it is that you intended or what you want and for people not to understand what it, it what type of business it is that you were doing as well so i just you know i love you too i just know that you could answer the haircut thing but anyway i just want to close i want to make sure that i get to everybody we got about nine minutes left but i want to make sure whoever has the mic that hasn't had a chance to get on the mic um speak i just did also want to say thank you to k100 especially right now y'all for coming and doing the whole live stream bringing callers everything i want to say thank you to jerry why because i can money team mag dj brandon Dix. i mean i i can go on forever i gotta make sure i got everybody everybody that's honestly in the building if you've taken a picture you've tweeted you've had a blog you sat here in a seat you walk back and forth you pieced up black if you guys came into this building tonight with the weather so bad i really 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 that bullshit but <laughs> i really appreciate you guys coming out and stuff because this was a conversation that you know we definitely needed both sides to have they couldn't just be the media people here and it couldn't just be the people who aren't a part of the media because we're both all in the same. There's no real solution that I can tell you except for we have to support each other and keep those lines of communication open, obviously, when we come to this. So we're not in danger. And so that we do get show accountability for each other. You know, I can't let my media friends, you know, put up some bullshit and then act like I support it. Now, one thing I will say, action-wise, these are some action things. Not only do we have the flyer online, we also have plenty of media people here in the room. I want everyone to grab information, those sites, et cetera, whatever, and at least one time during the week, go to their sites, look at the content, share the content on your social media sites, and hashtag Hip Hop Town Hall so we can see that and they can see that and say, hey, yo, remember, this is what we talked about. I'm doing what I said I was going to do because I know like a lot, everybody listens to music. So at least you know you can go to everybody's site and hear some good music. I know you can go, if you're out here partying and stuff, you can go to Money Team Mag, you can go to a Why, you can go to Why I Can and Money Team Mag sites and definitely find a picture of yourself performing or doing something somewhere share that picture on instagram you know and shout him out shout out to why because i can he's out in the streets he's doing his thing yo k100 played my favorite song today or yesterday two days ago whatever just make sure that you guys are out here also supporting them so then when you're t when it's time for you to build your business and get some promo you can look they can look back at you and say you know what i did remember that they shared that tweet because you might not see how many people shared their stuff but they will and they remember
Just as we remember who doesn't come here and who does come here, they remember the same, who goes to their site and who doesn't. So, um, Tracy? Speaking to that mic like you know what you're doing. Yo, where you at? Yo, do you want this one? Can you hear me a little? Okay, good. All right. I wanted to say something. I have a store in Cumberland Mall. I don't know if you guys are um, familiar with it. It's called Initiators. Um, it's a black store. People say oh, it's an African store. It really just has a lot of artwork in it. But the customer, the black people who come through, you see people with big afros. Just look through it. Don't support us at all, at all. I just want you guys to know, to tell you guys to support black-owned businesses. It's very important to support black-owned businesses because, like somebody was saying, uh, it's not a lot. It's really not a lot of black-owned businesses. So when you see them and you see them doing a good job, you know, buy something. You know, support them because it's important because this is their livelihood. They finally made themselves free so they can do this, especially keeping African-American stuff alive. Like, just, just, just seeing us, you know, if it empowers us, support, tell people about it. I'm sure everybody has a business where, you know, they're like, you know, African-Americans help people or whatever. Support them. If you see them trying, support them, you know. I just wanted to say, I, I, I yeah, I, I just want to say, I, I have to say this. She's right. You have to support black businesses. And I personally will go out of my way to support a black business. If it means I have to search the black chamber of commerce, I will personally go to your store and buy something. Please support black businesses. It's very important. Thank you, babe. We also have to make sure we respect everybody in the room to make sure they get their minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, yo, I'm, um, I'm Antonius, um, Tony, Star Native organizer star native intern at money t magazine and i just want to say to the um artists my age or around my age who complain about the budget and everything like you don't have to just be an artist it's media you can take photography to get your money for whatever you need to do as an artist it's, it's a lot of things you can do to build your money around what like your biggest project let's say if you want to um, run a um record label as a whole, like, that's your goal. You still, for right now, you can do other things in media and still have experience in a lot of, in a lot of areas. Yeah. What? At Antonius F. Star Instagram. What it do, what it do. It's your boy Ray Dance once again, Foxy 105, A105 Radio. <laughs> I worked in pretty much all the mediums. I owned the magazine at one current time, I will be owning the magazine again. And I've, I've, I've actually was a recording artist. I had actually three record deals. Uh, but <clears throat> just to make a long story short, with the the word black media, is black media in trouble? I think what we're confusing is the controlled white media and what what's being seen and heard on the news and on the radio and in the blogs and on the social networks. That's not quote-unquote, black media. What I consider black media, to answer your question, Blizzom, is Blizzom. K100 is black media. Kelby, only making it magazine, that's black media. So when I say <clears throat> black media is not in trouble, I'm thinking of the entrepreneur, the black owner, controlling what we see, hear, and read. So 
That's why I say black media is not in trouble because if we can control it, then it's not in trouble. Okay, now what we put out there, we have to be accountable for. So that's accountability is the biggest word I learned from being in the corporate world. I mean, that's Sprint, AT&T, whatever it is, they want you to be accountable for whatever you say. Because if you say it, you have to stand by it. And that's where the customer service thing comes in, what Blizzard says. The customer is always right. No matter on what level, the customer is always right. So if you say something, and if you have a business motto, if you have whatever, make sure you stand by it, and the customer is always right. So when I hear the words black media bosom, I'm thinking about who owns it. And I work for Foxy 105. That's owned by the Davis family, Davis Broadcasting. It's uh, Greg Davis and his wife. They've been running that business for over 25 years. Okay. They control what's being heard on that radio. But at the same time, it's a business. So with a business, you're in business to make money. So when you when you control a medium and a medium is not being uh, responsive, meaning they're not into like, you, we want to put the positive messages out there. But if we were not being responsive to the positive messages, we still have to, you know, we're in business to make money. So at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feed the people what they want. That's why you have something like you know forecasts. You you have uh, demographics like every everywhere you go, you have to serve as a demo. There's niche audiences. There's demos. There's a lot of things like she said earlier with the SEOs and all that stuff like that. All that controls what's heard and what's seen in the media. So when I say black media is not in trouble, I'm talking about the black media that's owned by black people okay that's what i'm talking about before we go before we let kelby from making the magazine speak we got a couple more calls that have been on the line and i want to make sure before we go out that we give these guys a chance and then we're going to let kelby from making the magazine uh take the mic real quick uh we've got uh demonte armani he's on the line demonte armani welcome to k1 radio thanks for uh being patient with us here at the hip-hop town hall go ahead what you got to say Hey, thank you guys. Uh, shout out to everybody at K100 Radio. Uh, yeah, my name is Delante Armani. You can find me on Facebook. And I'm just coming online as a creative. And uh, uh, what I want to say is that, you know, just to echo everything everybody's been saying, which is everybody individually is, is, has been accurate, I think that we just continue have to uh, continue to practice collectivism. And, uh, you know, instead of everybody trying to do their own thing, because, you know, it's a system and everybody has uh, an individual uh, power where they're, you know, powered by the source. And once we bring that together, it's like, you know, we'll be able to do all the things that we need instead of everybody trying to do, you know, their own thing or create their own groups and things like that. Because that's what those people at the top in, you know, in, in uh, you know, so-called white media practice. And they teach us to practice individualism. Uh, so what I do is um, uh, I do retail fashion distributor, and uh, I express myself through music, you know, and I actually was able to meet DJ Brandon at a shoe convention. So I think that the, the things that we need to do as, uh, you know, as young black men and women is find other ways uh, to create finances and, and not it just be through, you know, uh, you know uh, shucking and jiving, for, for lack of a better term, or just, you know, through through the arts, because there's other ways for us to stimulate finances. Um, also, you know, investing in yourself um, as far as the finances that you have instead of, you know, buying these artists that, that aren't promoting a positive message with what they're saying in their lyrics. You know, hold that money and, and invest it in yourself or in underground artists. 
and and also use other platforms uh, like you know crowdfunding uh, platforms to stimulate revenue. If you're not able to monetize your uh, you know videos and music and things like that, it's a lot of other uh, outlets on online where you can actually make money. You know what I'm saying by just being consistent, like someone said, um, and as well as once you are making that money to uh, create you know residual streams of income so that way you're not running out of that money once you get it by taking it put it into real estate you know what i'm saying and and just to echo again we need to go back to being black business owners a lot of people don't know that you know um right after out 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 of slavery we we all got into business and we actually a lot of uh black men and women were business owners and then we started to sell our rights because they started to you know diminish our communities and things like that but a lot of the black dollars is is in a, is is be, going to be built, you know, to a lot of these other communities. So you know they're they're sustaining, they're getting the loans they need, they're getting the support they need, you know, if they're not able to get it in uh, money. But everything doesn't work in money either. So you know it, it just comes back to being owners and uh, just uh, just being you know eclectic about how we're actually going about promoting ourselves because even though right now you have a passion, you know, to to uh, express yourself through art or you know, music or whatever it is, you know, sometimes you just have to build that foundation to where it, it will push you and the people that support you forward as well. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I one gotta, thing. I got to cut you off real quick. We got a lot of people and we got okay. to wrap it up. No problem. All right. Thank you. One thank more call. You. I appreciate it. All right. One more call. Lock dog, lock dog, um, lock dog from making real quick, homie. Make it short so we can go ahead and wrap this thing up. Go ahead, homie. Hello. Lock dog. No? Okay, that's the last one. Oh, no, my bad. Bam. Bam. Real quick. This is the last one. Bam. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead real quick, Bam. Hello? Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I'm Bam. I'm an artist out of Atlanta. I mean, I was just, you know, wanted to comment on the black media thing. I think we as a people, you know, like the last caller was saying, need to practice being a collective and presenting more positive things over the media, you know what I'm saying? Like Jay White was saying earlier, it's all about how you present yourself, you know, um, you know, being neat and presentable makes other black business owners want to do business with you if you're a business owner. That's what I think. All right, brother. Thank you for calling into the show. We really appreciate it. So to the Kelby, to Kelby, uh, publisher and chief editor of Making It Magazine, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out to you, homie. You got the floor. He's got the mic. Go ahead. Turn it back on. Oh, hold on real quick. Let me give him another mic. Here you go. Turn it on. Let me see. Give it to me. Real quick. Let me turn this one on real quick. Oh, you gotta hold it. Yeah, there you go. All right, you good. This is the nice stuff. I got them cheap mics. Uh, it, really, all everything that we talk about and talk about here tonight really can come back to one thing love yourself everything flows from that um i've been down here like 10 years and uh my partner moved down here before me and we went down when i came down he was like man we gotta go to we gotta go to the auc so he takes me down to auc and we just out there chilling and uh he's hollering at this chick and she got her friend with her and he's trying to get me on the friend he's like yo yo holler at my homeboy da, 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 da. and uh at the time i was still rapping I had a record that was on the radio back home 
Warner Brothers was looking at me. I own two magazines. And so he's trying to bid me up to this chick like, yeah, he got a magazine. And chick go to Spelman. And she says, he ain't got no magazine. All he got on is a ring. Like, I'm supposed to have a, a chain for my magazine. Like, I'm supposed to come out like, like a rapper because I'm a business owner. We look for all this outside stuff for validation. I can't count the number of artists that I work with that say shit like, oh, yeah, I let my white boy handle all my internet stuff. Before I rapped, I was a computer programmer. Started when I was 12 years old. So we, we're in a mind frame that we don't value ourselves. And if you don't value yourself and you black, how can you value someone else? That's why we don't support black businesses. Because you feel like I couldn't do it and you can't do it either. So that's the, that's the number one thing. Once, you, once we start loving ourselves and appreciating ourselves and realizing that we are great, that we are greatness, that we can do anything. There's nothing that separates us from the Oprah's, from the Warren Buffett's, from any of these people that we look up to. They got the same 24 hours we're given every day. So once we start loving ourselves, then we're good. When it comes to talking on the black media, I, you take the word media and you got middle. We just middlemen. We connect supply and demand. Even as all my artists is in here, you a media outlet. That's why you're going to get sponsorship dollars. That's why our record label is going to come to you. Because you have an audience that you reach, just like my magazine has an audience. Just like his website, just like his radio broadcast. Cultivate your audience. Quit running around here trying to swoon these A&Rs and all these people who really don't give a shit about you until you develop an audience. Like, everybody wants something for free. Realize that if, if it's free, then you the product. Facebook is selling your ass. Twitter is selling your ass. You are the product. That's all I got to say. All right, everyone. Thank you for coming out tonight to the Hip Hop Town Hall. I am going to ask everyone, please head to the bar area. Um, I know Ray Daniels also needs some, he wants some contact information for people for his radio show, as well as Hip Hop Town Hall would love your information, as well as I would love this place cleared because I have to set it up for the cipher and we have some people here in the building as well as a great host coming up. So if you can take your conversation, your feet and your business up to the bar area, I will love you forever. There are drinks over there that you can gladly pay for. Thank you very much. Just please do as I ask. Thank you very much. If you're listening to K-Wonja Radio, we're getting ready to sign off right now. Thanks about it for tuning in to K-Wonja Radio's live broadcast of the Hip Hop Town Hall. We really appreciate it. <laughs> shouts out to everybody who shouts out to everybody who came out, man. We really appreciate it, man. We're gonna turn it back over, man. Don't hang up, man. The music is popping. You know we live 247 ww dot com. Hit us up, follow us on Twitter at K one hundred underscore radio. Same thing on IG. Rock with us, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going on, man. It's our situation. It's our situation tonight. It's K one hundred radio. Join Renee Gardner and myself, Fort Knox, the last Wednesday of the month to talk about the real issues in the hip-hop community. From industry politics to business entrepreneurship to the state of hip-hop, we talk about it all. Come down to the Omen Agency at 299 Peter Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30313 for the Hip-Hop Town Hall. No, 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 no admission or RSVP necessary. For more information, visit omenagency.com. 
Then it gave me power Sneak this and always been a favorite coward You don't wanna take it there Where I'm from, all they do is take it there I came from, no space, wasn't safe Now it's like no space in a safe I do it big and light skin, my new faith And we skip to my loo and that new wraith My current situation, a situation My current situation, a situation Don't keep that money waiting, they get impatient You niggas get that hate and you get ovations Bottles on the way in situation Models in the face situation When I come around it goes down 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 It goes down Since young and now we dream of getting rich 
Look at me, me fantasize about a white picket fence. It's a tree, tree. Used to, used to want a pathfinder with some tents. That's all I need, need. Throw some, throw some 20s on that bitch and get it rinsed. But now I see my nigga that the world's a lot bigger ever since. Picked up the paper and they say, Eddie, Eddie caught a body, I'm convinced. Anybody is a killer, all you gotta do is push them to the lips. Being timid in the civic, politicking with the pushers and the pimps. I'm trying to write a story, can I get a glimpse? And can I get a glimpse? Last night I had a bad dream. That I was trapped in the city, then I asked, is that really such a bad thing? They robbing the ends on the daily, can you blame it? That ain't ever had things. Guess not. Last night, they put up on my at the light like, uh, nice watch, run it. Hands in the air now, hands in the air, run it. Hands in the air now, hands in the air, run it. Hands in the air now, hands in the air, hands in the air now, hands in the air. Small town, Hollywood, dreams, I know that everything that glitters ain't gold I know this ain't always good as it seems, but tell me till you get it, how could you know? How could you know? How could you know? Listen up, I'm about to go and get rich With me, me we, gon', we gon' soak around the villa and hit a lick some tree, tree, and some, and some powder, bag it up and make a flip. And you gon' see me, see me, one day we gon' graduate and cop a brick. And that's the key, key, listen, listen up, I'm about to go and get rich. Stand back and watch if you want to. Me, me, I want my pockets fatter, better, boot. Tired of seeing niggas flown, I wanna flunk too, too. Barcarolas in the center, crown fit. Trying like a nigga up, that's what they won't do, do. Wanna know a funny thing about this shoe? Even if you let them kill your dream, it'll haunt you, haunt you, haunt you Last night I had a bad dream That I was trapped in the city Then I asked, is that really such a bad thing? I look around like, do you wanna be another nigga that ain't never had things? Guess not Last night, we put up on a nigga at the light like uh, Nice watch, run it Hands in the air now Hands in the air Run it Hands in the air Just take me, man, take me, man, take me, man. 
Let's go. Gang. 100, 100 Radio, Radio Atlanta. Atlanta. 